Welcome to the New Media Show, where each Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, UTC plus 4, Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee take their over 30 combined years of leadership in the podcasting space to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct the current podcasting news, forecasts, trends, and predictions. Now here are your hosts, Academy of Podcasting Hall of Famers, Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee. Rob, welcome back to the new media show. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing just fine. It's good to be back. I know it does feel like it's been a long time since we've done this show. <laughs> you know, we skipped a week, did a show, skipped a right. week, did a show, but it was for a good cause. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well. It seems like both of us uh, either were getting old or we just had this, you know, a stars align through a whole bunch of medical stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes you just need to get a couple things taken care of, as they say. Well, right. I, I don't know if you yeah. can, I, maybe I can show it on this side, but I have, well, I can't show it. Maybe I can show it. Well, I can't. I have a big, big, oh. well, it, it's, it's a three and a half inch. Everyone that's seen it has said, holy ass. Right. <laughs> they, because, you know, when I took a picture of it over my shoulder and posted it on Facebook, cause, you know, someone, you know, there was some rude comments made, but it didn't look that big. But when I was sitting in the chair and she had the scalpel and I could see from a reflection from the window what she was doing, I'm like, how much are you taking out? I said, <laughs> and uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's been pretty tender on my back, but they I would imagine about 30 yeah. stitches and then glued it. and there's a big bump it's slowly going down but yeah so i'll, I'll know here and uh you know they're gonna send i already know the initial pathology but they're gonna you know reconfirm and let me know in the next couple mm -hmm. of weeks but that's good and then you've had some medical stuff done too so you've been on recovery yeah yeah i had a little work done on a hernia so okay so that's that's what i had uh had done so it was actually you know i think i mentioned that i had a a kidney surgery like two months ago. Um, so yeah, so there's, there's been some stuff, you know, that yeah. have come up. So you've been, and, and they are age related to some degree, but yeah. they're also, both of them are very, very common in, uh, in, in men too. Yeah. So these are all issues that men have to deal with as they get older. I had right? a belly button hernia probably 15 years ago or something and a little mm -hmm. operation for that, but Overall, knock on wood, things are pretty good. And, you know, I'm, yeah. I, I don't have melanoma cancer, so I'm, I'm not dying. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we had a listener of the show listen to my advice mm -hmm. and went and got some spots checked. Oh, and uh, his, his prognosis. Don't eat me, James Cridland. Was negative. He said it on Facebook publicly, so I'd be able to save it. So James went and actually had a couple spots checked and uh, had him had him removed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know, again, if you if you don't know, I just and if you haven't listened to the show, I had a pretty big melanoma scare. So if you have a spot, mm -hmm. go get it checked, please. And we don't. Uh, it's it's a completely preventable death sentence. So uh, you know, I guess that's the main thing, but. Anyway, you know, I uh, I was actually in Columbus Monday and Tuesday, so I oh, did great. I, I did Marigo's show in Monday. Went down there and we had Taco Tuesday yesterday to celebrate <laughs> uh, 
Thanksgiving. I had the team together. We did a little uh, fun trivia thing. So I kind of had a team event yesterday tonight. I basically got up pretty early this morning and, well, not super early, but I drove back and fought some of the right. pre-Halloween, uh, pre-Thanksgiving traffic to get back here to Michigan. But uh, here we are. Happy yeah. podcasting. <laughs> Happy podcasting. I know there's there's been a lot of stuff that's been going on in the medium too, you know, trying to keep up with it all in the face of doing all the things that we've been doing is can be a little challenging at times, but, uh, yeah, there's, you know, I think the last few days, the focus has really been around, uh, big money coming into podcasting yeah. more and more. Um, you know, the Samsung, you know, announcement of supporting podcasts in, in, in Europe and Spotify has got like $3.5 billion that they want to spend on, um, buying things. Come on down. The price is right. right. Step right up here. We get, uh, you know, we can, Hey, if they, if they bought anchor for the money that they spent for anchor, then that should make you and I worth about another zero on the, uh, on the, uh, on the, on the million level. You know, right. so or two. So yeah. come on down. The price is right. Now, I think now they're just probably going to be buying content. Content. Yeah. And supposedly yeah. Joe Rogan was uh was uh, number two this week over there. So something has happened and some in indications there may be some manipulation of data. I, I didn't quite understand hmm. the piece. Hmm. Like to have more information on that. But yeah, uh, that's interesting. yeah, it is yeah. interesting. Yeah. But uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah. I, it's just, uh, you know, a lot of stuff that Spotify is doing to push the envelope on things out there. There's no question about that. You know, coming out saying that they have $3.5 billion that they want to spend on acquisitions, um, is a pretty, that's a pretty, mm, Hmm. buzzworthy statement to that's, make. That's a big, that's a big number. All right. Right. And it's like, you know, really? It does kind of cause you to pause a little bit and say, hmm, what was they, the real purpose of they, announcing that? They could, they could buy, <laughs> they could buy the entire podcasting space for $3.5 billion. I think, right. that, I think they could buy Libsyn, Podbean, Blueberry. They, they could take the top 10 players off the field for $3.5 billion. Probably. That's probably true. You know, yeah. now that's, you know, that doesn't get them any content that just gets them a service provider. But I, you know, I don't know, you know, now, I mean, if for the if record, that, they're not talking with us. So just so everybody knows. Yeah. I mean, if that or anything like that were, were to happen, it, it, I guess you could be concerned a little bit about the open nature of the medium, right? Mm -hmm. um, what would happen in that particular scenario? I, I, I don't think that any one company can control RSS. No, I think that's going to be something that, uh, you know, maybe some of the, some larger companies may think that they can do, but I'm not sure that it's going to work or if that's really in their economic interest to even do that. Well, there's, so, there's been a few people that are on the dogging end of, you know, they're now dogging RSS again. Yeah. I've seen a few yeah. articles come out where, Oh, if we only could do this or that. And I'm like, you know, whenever I see an article that comes out that is badgering RSS, I'm like, okay, what's, what's the agenda? You know, what, what do they want to do? Who do they right. want to control? Who, you know, how do they want to lock this content back up when it's free? So. Well, that, 
that's essentially what a what an exclusive does uh, when it's only listenable on a, on one platform. Uh, it's basically taking RSS out of the picture. Um, I don't think that's happening very widely in the podcasting space right now, but um, and it never has. I, I think people have tried to play this game in the past, and and it's it's worked a little bit, but it's never really caught fire. You yeah. Know? Um, I think Spotify is probably the one to point to to say that they're probably more active in pursuing that type of a a goal than pretty much anybody else in the medium right now. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know. I'm at this point, uh, they are not for as much money as they have spent. Right. They have not got as big of a bang. You know, they, okay. Again, market share. They may be bringing, you know, again, everything. Oh, we got, they got more bodies, but they're not listening, you know? So I think we give them too much credit for what they're doing in the space. Yeah. And I think, putting out a, an announcement saying that they have $3.5 billion is basically link bait, uh, to tease the industry, um, to make them more appealing, right. Um, to players in the industry, right. Um, thinking that Spotify is gonna, you know, be the ruler of this medium and they have all this money to spend and it's going to cause everybody to focus on Spotify. Right. Yeah. It's, it's half marketing, half business. Um, so I think you, I, I agree, Todd. I think you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt and say, well, what's the real agenda of, of putting out a number like that? Well, if you so, look at, you know, Apple has $200 billion cash on hand. So, yeah. you know, if somebody wants to flex. <laughs> but Apple's not put it, <laughs> putting out statements like that either. Well, I'm no. going to spend $2 billion of that on the podcasting space. No, right? yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So though they could, they right? could. I mean, I, I mean, if anybody in the space, they could but certainly it, it do that. But it goes back to, and the question that continues to come up again and again, all this stuff is good for two or 3% of the podcast space, but the rest of the people are still just charging along. And right. it's, it's really, you know, I'll be honest with you. It's really something I've been doing a lot of thinking about a lot of thinking about recently is, you know, the, the, the average content creator that has not built a big show and is trying to, it's really in my head mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I think that, uh, the ecosphere, you know, it's, you know, you, you look at how much we've grown and I, and I haven't kept track here recently. What, what the current podcast index numbers are. Um, let's see if I can go over there and look. Um, according to them, there are now 4.436 million total podcast index, but some numbers have shifted. 340,000 have created a new episode in the last 30 days, 409,000 in 60 days, and 473,000 in 90 days. So that's down. That, that, that active publishing is mm-hmm. down. Yeah, and is. so if only 340,000 shows have created a new episode in the past 30 days and an additional 60,000 in 60 days, yet there's 4.4 million podcasts. Whoa, there's a lot of dead shows out there. Yeah. 
There's over yeah. 4 million dead shows. And I think that number is growing. So, Be, yeah. And what I'm it hearing... a percentage against the active shows. Yeah, and what I'm hearing is that, you know, a lot of that, a lot of these numbers are inflated, you know, obviously because of a couple of people that are out there in the space. But, I, you know, I... Well, if you're an active podcaster, you got a pretty good shot at being successful. You well, know, I mean, free hosting does kind of cause that to be more likely to happen. So, right, people start shows that aren't really as committed to them, yeah, uh, because they're not paying anything for it. You know, and it's people value things that they pay for more than they they uh, don't value if they don't pay. So, um. So I think it's it's kind of human nature that we see this happening. Um, if if there are companies out there offering free plans, which many in the podcasting hosting area are doing that. I'm not necessarily against free plans, really, at the end of the day. I think it's a way to get customers into your platform and um, allow them to, to kick the tires a little bit and see what's going on there. Um, but But I think that the right way to do it is to have a combination of paid and free. Well, what I, what I'm seeing, and by the way, I want to mention, Eileen has said hello in the chat. She says, hi, Todd and Rob, glad to see you back in good health. Thank you, Eileen. And she says, maybe by making that statement, Spotify is challenging Apple to make a big investment to match theirs. They don't have to. Apple doesn't have, they still have globally a dominant dominant position in consumption, you know, And does it sell yeah, what more? Everybody, yeah, I mean, what, what what everybody's debating about is users, right? Yeah. Uh, Spotify is claiming to have a growing number of users of podcasts, but the truth is, is that those users don't consume as much podcasts, right? As users in the Apple ecosystem. So, I mean, it's not even close. It's like you know, one third of the amount of downloads happen on Apple versus Spotify, even at a higher user number on Spotify. Hmm. So, yeah, that was weird. I just had a a channel go out. That was odd. One, two, one, two. I'm still here. Okay. Huh? Yeah, I can still hear you. Fine. All right. That's good. It's all of a sudden something went pop and this ear went dead, but I guess Mm -hmm. we'll find out later if I have a good recording. Um, I, I I guess it's you know we we were you know we've been doing a lot of reflection on on business this year and um and you know I've been kind of watching the trends to see if shows that were started during the peak of COVID are continuing and there is some indication there is some slowdown happening yeah. because people are getting back to life. Um, time will tell if people are able to sustain all those shows that they were trying to do. Yeah. I think we are getting back to more like it was prior to the, the whole pandemic, uh, as far as new show creation and things like that. But I do think the listening side is continuing to accelerate. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's really, you know, I think podcasting, um, has evolved now where, you know, you and I, Todd, don't really have to tell people what a podcast is anymore. You know, it's, it's moved beyond that. Right. Point, and, right. And, where, and, yeah. And matter of fact, they, the first question that I get asked is, do you do a podcast? And right. You know, it's that's an expectation. Yeah. Now. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it is. And, uh, 
you know, I, I often say I work in the podcasting. Oh, do you have a podcast? I say, well, yes, I have. Yes, I have three. <laughs> and oh, you know, what's their names? And, you know, of course, I tell them and, you know, <laughs> people are kind of used to some of the mainstream ones that people are, you know, they're getting pushed. And I will tell you, these big platforms have definitely caused the general public to be more narrowly focused on what is available. So there might, we, I might be getting into a position where I agree that it's harder now for a non-signed show that's not aligned with uh, a big boy mm-hmm. to be discovered. You know, it's, it wasn't as much that way before, but it's getting a little bit. And the reason I've just come up with that is because of the conversations that I'm having, you know, with people all just out in the regular public. And they keep naming some of the same shows. And I'm like, well, do you listen to this, this, and this? Or have you, mm-hmm. you know, have you looked through for different genres? You know, so I think it's more important than ever now that podcasters have to just work hard and having their show promoted and get, so they can have some additional discovery. Yeah, I think um, there are some advantages to being a part of a network, and that's kind of what we're talking about here to some degree is shows basically aligning with um, a larger media company or a network or something like that and and driving a certain amount of synergy. Um, I, I I think the podcasting space has a just a, a massive amount of demand around marketing. Uh, yeah. support for, uh, for shows and, and growth. Uh, and, and I think, you know, and there's a big story in pod news today, just to kind of dovetail to that into another aspect that I see, uh, a growing interest in out there as the content, uh, community develops is, is, uh, content production services. Mm-hmm. Um, this pod Potomo, uh, I guess, secured $78 million in a Series B round. Uh, I guess this company produces original content. Uh, I, I don't know if they own all the shows or not on this, but um, it's a company that's, uh, you know, that's highlighting a growing area in the podcasting space, and that's uh, um, content creators wanting to get into podcasting but don't really – understand how to do it and want help right from the production end to the marketing end, all that stuff. So I think we're Todd, I think we, we are moving into a new phase, um, where, um, to be successful requires professional help. Um, and it's not always oh, easy. Oh, Rob, come on now. Well, I didn't say it, it requires it, but it, it, it just feels like that that's the direction the industry is going mm. more and more towards is, is having people that are experts um, actually help manage the shows with the content creator in a partnership. Well, um, the challenge yeah. with that is you, okay, so you've got two or 3% that are underneath production right now. Right. Maybe but, 2%. But is that growing? But is but, that growing? But the question is how can an average podcaster? Well, that's the challenge. How can they afford that? That's expensive. Yeah, it, it can know. be. It depends on what the scope of the services are. Um, but I do think that there that there is pressure out there. I mean, I feel it out there. I feel that there's a certain amount of people that would have a podcast if they could get some help in getting it done. But, right? okay, so let's back up here for a second. We've been doing pro production services at Blueberry for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. And 
It is not in inexpensive. It's it is growing, but it's not an inexpensive product. Because as as soon as you hire a producer and you have a person that's doing editing and helping with marketing and all that stuff, booking guests, you start adding that in, you know, that's not a hundred, two hundred, or three hundred dollar a month bill. That's a bigger bill. Right. That, that, you know, and, you know, you start using 10, 15, 20 hours of someone's time right. a month or maybe let's say five hours a week, you know, what, what is, or, or 10 hours a week. Um, and if they're good and not somebody that you found off of Fiverr, mm-hmm. you know, if they're actually good and can do this, do this work professionally. I think it's out of the reach of most. I can't. I can't even imagine. Of course, it was a different time. I can't imagine in the early days of podcasting coming home after putting all this time in to get a show launched and and you know saying, "Hey, uh, I'm going to spend a thousand dollars a month on podcast production." I I just can't. Uh, yeah. Well, I, Todd, we're from a different era too, and you think about. Um, how, how we think about the podcasting space is a little different than I, I think how some new people that haven't been in the podcasting space think about it. Um, I think a lot of people are used to paying for support services. People pay to have their websites worked on. People pay to have all sorts of things done, PR um, sure. support. I think it depends on who we're talking about. If we're talking about existing um, business professionals – more, more and more people are going, creating their own companies now. I mean, mm-hmm. this whole, um, you know, this whole movement towards people quitting their jobs and starting their own, yep. you know, their own businesses, their own consulting stuff, their own utilizing technology is kind of opening up this, this door to people that are generating revenue with what they're doing and they want to extend what they're doing yeah. and they want to get help doing it. Right. Because they, they're full time doing their consulting or their, whatever it is, their masterminds and they're selling their products or stuff like that. So they're so busy that they don't have time to do the full spectrum of podcasting. But at the same time, um, just like Mike is right. saying in chat, then you get the so-called experts that just take people's money and do not know crap. I get calls all right. the time. My right. client, most of the time, my advice that your client is that your client needs a new consultant. So, you know, it's true because we have podcast right. professionals that are managing sure. many shows, calling us and asking us questions that we go, huh? Sh- <laughs> shouldn't you know that? Uh, hello? That's, that, yeah. You know, so I, I've had a recent conversation stemming from something that happened at She Podcast. My team brought back, uh, met some folks and made a contact. And I've had some ongoing discussions with some folks. And it's the first time in a long time that I've actually, hmm, I talked to someone that I could talk on the same level. We were on the same page. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to explain things. I didn't have, to, it was just like a, a brother from another mother. It was one of those, <sighs> it, you know, it, it, there was synergy, right? In right, the discussions, right. it, they would say something, I would say something, I, and it would just like it would have come out of my own mouth. And that type of conversations with people that are in the podcast production space is rare, is Mm. rare. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't claim to be a know-it-all. You know, you have to, all O-dogs have to be taught new tricks. And I like to see people with different processes and stuff come to the market. So there are some really good ones out there. Right. And their phones are ringing off the hook. Yep. But again, when I ask who are your type of clients, it's usually a B2B, it's some sort of business. Yep. yep. I agree with you because those are the people that have the resources. Right. And they're, they're, they're used to those kind of services. Yeah. You're used, you're used to writing that right. type of a check, whether it be right. $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 a month or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And there's more and more of those time and companies being founded and created now. So there's like this engine that's going on that's creating this. And um, I think it also creates a, a, a push on some other areas too, which is the marketing services, right, uh, to drive audience. I, I think if a company invests or an individual invests in creating a team to help them produce a podcast, then I – I, I think there there is at some point a, a, a push around getting getting um, results, right? Growing the show, building a successful audience um, that will lead towards monetization that then that investment can be recouped, right? Right. Um, so I think it does create this cycle of expectations that uh, aren't necessarily bad. They just put additional pressures. Um, on a, on a particular situation, um, you know, along this path of, you know, you get support services, you are investing and what do you want when you invest something you want return on it. Right. So Mm -hmm. it puts pressure on the whole ecosystem to perform better. And as part of the discussions I've had with this group, they pick up a lot of business because people have gotten fired. (laughs) You know, right. because they got associated with a, with a group that, right. you know, couldn't deliver what they promised. So I, I yeah. think that's part of the issue I have too. And sometimes I see things being posted on social that I just kind of look at sideways and I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty bold. It's a pretty bold statement, um, from a, you know, I'm going to help you grow so much percentage points. You know, I'm guarantee you that I'm like, okay, how? you buying that or, you know, what are you really right. doing? Right. And I hope that doesn't lead to, you know, more and more people trying to do the whole spam marketing thing where you're buying downloads, um, you know, like, like sparked for a few years back in, in the space and caused all the hosting platforms to, to scramble, to block those kind of requests. So, you know, it's, it's probably not an issue. Um, but it does concern me when uh, people are paying for support services and then they have a higher expectation of um, growing audience. And what happens if they don't grow audience? And it's not always the production company's responsibility to, to uh, force a client to produce a show that people want to listen to. Well, so Maybe we should ask here right here on this show, you know, those of you that are listening, how many of you paying someone to produce your show? Or help you in that process. Yeah, or help you in that process. Now, I will be, I'll come up and I'll, I'll tell my numbers. So I have someone that does uh, pre-show research for Geek News Central. Yeah. And basically, it's a couple hours of prep. Now, if I have that person stand in for me and do a complete episode, 
I pay I pay him $150 for the complete episode. They stand in. If that individual stands mm-hmm. in, does everything. Mm-hmm. Right. If he's just doing prep, then um, it's at about 16 or $17 an hour mm-hmm. is what I pay for, for prep. So my total bill on a monthly basis is anywhere between $200 and $250 for just the person to do eight episode research, just the research. None of the, none of the, I, I do the recording. I do the no editing, you know, post to post. He just does the research. So for me getting those two hours back, those 16 right. hours back right? Um, every month is, you know, inexpensive is as compared, you know, my, my time is more valuable doing something else. So yeah. I can understand that, but, I don't ship my, excuse me, ship. That sounded like S-H-I-T. I don't <laughs> ship my media file off for someone to edit for five hours. Um, right. I don't, I do part of the show notes. So, but you know, my, yeah. my writer bill for Geek New Central runs about $600 every month. Just the writer bill, the yeah. bloggers. So, you know, so I, you know, I mean, that doesn't feel that bad. I mean, I mean, if you're getting content created for that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have a budget and we have a limit, you know, I sometimes say run out of budget and we, we go three, four, five days without any blog posts near the end of the month because we've run out. So Hmm. it's not like they have free will either. I say, okay, this is your limit. You know, set the limits on each writer, how many, how many blog posts they can put up. But, and again, I pay that. This is my Todd's bill. Todd pays this. This isn't what Blueberry pays. This is what Todd pays. His, you know, this is on my dime. And um, so, are you I, seeing um, content created on a blog uh, coming back with a good ROI on the investment? Rob, I wouldn't spend six hundred dollars a month if the ROI wasn't good. Yeah. So you're driving a significant amount of traffic is what you're doing with that, right? It, it's feeding the Google beast is all I'm doing is I'm feeding, feeding the animal with new content mm-hmm. and not every article is a winner. And then a certain percentage of people sure. react to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Followers subscribe to the show. It's yeah, not a perfect expect- strategy, but it's, it, you know, it's, it's one of many as we've often talked about. Right. 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 So, but again, for years yeah. I was the one that did it cause I didn't have that budget. So I was the one that did it. it was, I did the writing. I did the, you know, I did the two hours of pre-research and all that stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. I did the same thing for, for many years too. So I know what you're, what you're saying. So I, I mean, I, I did, I mean, I had a little team. I, I, it was my, you know, my wife and I that, that yeah. worked on the, the early show that I did. Um, and that was, I mean, that was a full-time job when I was building the show that I started back in 99, um, to get that built. You know, I didn't work for a podcast platform for the first, uh, four years of that show. Um, so I, I was working, you know, full-time jobs for other dot-com startups, but, but it was, it was, it was a lot of work, you know, doing everything. So and I and I think every podcaster should do everything at least once. Yeah, I think that experience is so valuable. Um, 
I agree with you, Todd. I, I think it's, I've seen a lot of people that have started out, um, working, getting a team and then creating a podcast. And I think that there's always, there's always something a little missing, um, from the congruency of that process, um, because the, the show host or the owner of the show doesn't really see the big picture of what's happening with the post-production and the pre-production and all that stuff, especially if they're getting pre-production support, uh, and how that all buttons together in the post-production part is, is sometimes things can go wrong. Well, we also <laughs> see, you know, and I'm sure you guys do too, when we're doing client yeah. calls yeah. and it's, there's 15 people on the call, right? You know, you set up an appointment with one to talk about their podcasting strategy and you talk about our services and then there's 15 on the call and you're like 15 people for one show. And, you know, and then there's, it's, it, and it usually is a company or a group. Mm-hmm. And, and then the opposite happens sometimes is they've already, they're already, you know, at the 10 yard line ready to launch. And then, then they come shopping. So we're going to launch 30 shows and you're like, okay, here's what it's going to cost. And then they get sticker shop, you know, because they're like 30 shows, right. you know, and what? how much and you know and, and it's not that big of a bill bill but if you've already built a team of 30 you know a 400 dollar hosting bill should not surprise you a month right right that's true you know if, if it does then uh, you know hello how much you know right. yeah yeah i mean it's i mean i think it, th- this is all kind of growing pains for the medium you know i think it's it, it is a medium that's kind of growing up and expectations are elevating, um, around content that's being, be, being produced. I, I saw one article, I'm not sure entirely how this maps to this conversation, but, uh, and I guess what, one of the member stations for national public radio, oh. uh, was quoted in, in, in saying, um, it was like one of the leaders from their, their member station community, right. Of, um, many hundreds of, NPR stations is now calling for NPR, National Public Radio, the mothership, to coordinate podcasting strategy with uh, each of the member stations more. Wow. So I think what those what those member stations are. Oh, Rob, that was weird. Okay, hang on. Hopefully he'll be back in just a second. That was bizarre. He just like froze. (laughs) So I will say this while we're trying to reestablish communications with Rob is that um, we're starting to see signs of more radio. Um, here, Here he comes. You, I mean, you just froze, Rob. It was just like it, it, it hit a brick. You think it well, a brick? you did too. So I, it oh. totally just. Oh, that was weird. Was stopped. What I was saying while you were gone was, is we're starting to see. Well, we're starting to have periodic conversations with radio stations that are trying to get their act together. Right. And, and feel this like is indicative of that. With one, they're now they're now feeling like they're being left behind and now they're panicking 
to try to catch up. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, long have gone the days when we're in a conference and there's 175 people in the, in the, in the audience and it switches to a podcast session and they all, but 20 go and have a cocktail, you know, you know, now they're, they're paying attention. Um, I think, I I think they're starting to get worried. And so it's interesting. They should have been worried a long time. Well, okay. uh, You know, time is now. Right. So, but at the same point, they've let so much talent go. Right. That there's this gob of radio talent that's out there that are, have moved to podcasting and said adios to the broadcast model. Uh, So, you know, maybe the, I don't know. I don't know what the future for radio is, but radio is starting to realize that, hey, if we had 10 or 15 shows on our website that we love, that we recommend, that we partnered with, how long have we been talking about this? I know. Well, <laughs> you know, I think that the the pandemic really kind of fast forwarded this whole process, though. I think that radio would have been perfectly happy um, just riding things along, just like they, they were prior to the pandemic. But I think when people stopped driving their cars, I think it, it, I think it caused them to to pause and say that, that, that they're a little too reliant on in-car radio experiences, um, and they need to start thinking about digital and ra- uh, and and Spotify. Maybe Spotify's three point five billion number was a shot across radio's bow. Maybe they weren't targeting Apple. Maybe they were making a statement to radio: "We're coming for your audience." Yeah, yeah, and I. I have heard that uh, the folks from TuneIn are starting to focus on podcasting a little bit more too. So, so it's it's interesting how the the kind of radio streaming type platforms uh, and the radio stations are really kind of starting to take this seriously now. I think is what it what it really points to. Yeah, I, I, I it's hard to predict right now where things are going to go, um, because. Who's left? Who is the big media players that are left? You know, I just, that haven't incorporated podcasting. You know, they're doing, they've got, it was almost an afterthought for some of them. They added it last, but at least it's been added. Now I'm fully, you know, I think Facebook has the biggest, I I said a couple of shows ago and Mike Dell was listening to and he about fell off his chair when, when I said that I believe Facebook could be number two in a year. Um, They're going to, well, if fit- they're not, then they, they missed out on the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, I'm seeing for my personal show, right. You know, significant increases that I can only attribute to Facebook. So time will tell. And again, I'm, you know, I'm as, but I, I well, uh, we thought that about Google too, right? Yeah. So, no, that's true. And Google has been kind of quiet, you know, when, when are they going to start making some headway? Well, I think they're in a transition phase right now. I think they're they're focusing more on something going on with YouTube. So yeah, so podcast being on YouTube probably. Yeah, I think we I think we talked about that uh, here recently on the show. Mm-hmm. But um, that doesn't mean that they're going to take the ball take their eye off the Google Podcasts ball. I think they're going to stay focused on that. It's just, it's just going to be a two headed strategy. It's going to be. YouTube podcasts and Google podcasts, I think is what you're going to wind up seeing over there. Hmm. Well, what's on your black Friday shopping list, Rob, you got anything on your black Friday shopping list? I've been looking at, uh, um, kind of like AI motion 
sensing kind of kind of web cameras. So oh. just uh, add to my studio here, just in case I want to want to do something different, um, you know, with presentations or something like that. I've been I've been thinking about that mm. kind, of, kind of stuff, you know, because you can get these webcams now that will track you and zoom in and out by using hand signals. So you just go, go like this and it will zoom in on you. Um, or you just move from one part or another, if you're, you know, in front of like a whiteboard or something like that, or if mm-hmm. you're trying to do a presentation or something like that. Um, so I've been thinking about that. That's about the only thing I've been thinking about too much. Um, I don't know about you. What? Well, oops, I'm hanging here a second. I've been having a lot of interview requests come in that has nothing to do with black friday uh no like black friday goes you know i'll be honest with you usually mm-hmm. daniel j lewis posts stuff in the facebook groups if there's any good deals for podcast gear oh, so right so i kind of well, keep an eye out on that our our mic is for sale right now through sure the sm7b i, th- I think is 40 dollars off wow that's a lot off i'm being a little facetious there i know i i <laughs> I think it's now what a what a five four hundred ninety nine dollar mic. Is that right? Um, well, SMB seven. Let's look. It's Our, a it, three hundred and fifty nine dollars at uh, Sweetwater. Okay, I think that's that's with the forty dollars off. Yeah. Let's let's click on that and see if that's with the discount. Limited time. Yep, that's with the forty dollars off. Three fifty nine. So I Let's think it's regularly go. what three ninety nine, I guess. Yeah, right? uh, there we go. Three. So yeah, three ninety nine. So yeah, it's on, it's on sale. So the, yeah, I think when I bought this microphone, which I've had this this SM seven B since, I think I bought it in two thousand eight. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. how long I've had this microphone. I think I paid. Uh, I think it was three hundred and sixty dollars for it, something like three fifty nine or something like that back then. So next Friday morning, very early, I'm doing a national news segment. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it yet. Uh, oh, awesome! But what, uh, uh, it's it's uh, with a not with a ABC, CBS, or NBC, but it's a big one that is um, big okay. digitally, and uh, we're gonna do a. 15 minute segment on podcasting and uh, they reached out to me specifically and I don't know if they, I, who else they reached out to is because of the longevity of being in the space. But right. it, was, it was interesting because they sent me all these instructions on how to be ready, have your phone ready, have an ear plug in. And I'm like, um, we're gonna, you're going to Skype in and let me send you a picture of what the studio looks like. <laughs> and they're like, well, you're going to be able to hear us. I'm like, yes, we're going to be yeah. fine. <laughs> Yeah. so the yeah. only the only difference is i think i have to probably have to send them back a, a little different feed but it, it kind of cracked me up a little bit because you know they're, they're like wow you, you've got a studio i'm like yes i do have a studio that can do national television segments so i think we're right. good right <laughs> right yeah and i think there's more people than ever now that have that ability um yeah, the, the whole whole pandemic thing just really fast forwarded that yeah. whole thing. Yeah, but I did find it interesting that they used Skype and it wasn't a Zoom. It was a it was a specifically Skype video. So I was like, oh, I'm, we're ready. <laughs> right, totally. <laughs> and I sent, yeah. as a matter of fact, I sent them a link to this show so they could see, you know, everything in action. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. 
So but other yeah. than other than that, uh, Eileen says twenty percent off all share mics on Amazon. And um, so we'll see. So Todd, you mentioned a few minutes ago about Joe Rogan not being the number one podcast on Spotify. Yeah, what, what's what's um, the scuttlebutt on that? Uh, you know, I think it's, I think it dovetails to what we were, um, saying, I think a few weeks ago about going exclusive isn't always the best way to, to maintain and grow an audience. You know, I hate to, you know, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious to most people. You would think that if you're only available on one platform, (laughs) your, your audience opportunities are going to be less, right? Um, I guess the show that's, you know, um, exceeded Joe Rogan on Spotify is the always sunny podcast, which I think is who is behind that. I can't remember who the hosts are. I think it's, uh, uh, what's their name? Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, podcast. Let me look at well, this. No, well, that was a TV series, but I think that's what it's based upon. Uh, well, the name of it is the Always Sunny Podcast, so it doesn't say anything about. Yeah, it, the story I Always read. Sunny in okay in Phil, in Philadelphia. So I guess it 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 was based on that. You're you're right. I can see the description of the show. Yeah. So, but it's hmm. it's been uh, with the fifteenth season dropping on December twenty first. So I think this show's been around a long time. Though, uh, yeah. So I guess they started doing the show back in 2005. There's only five episodes in their feed, mm. which is curious. Well, they're hosted on Simplecast. Hmm. So it, it, at least that's where their website is based is on Simplecast. It's hosted by Glenn, Charlie and Rob. So, um, why went again? It just blows me away here. You've got a show that's big and it's they, their shows, their, their website is actually on their host. It just shocks me. Yeah. But the, it's, they've been doing the show since 2005. So they're a very early podcast Hmm. and I have heard, heard of them for many years. Um, so, so anyway, well, I wonder why they dropped the, the Philadelphia from their name. I don't know. Have not nary a clue. Yeah. Never listened yeah. to the show, so so I don't never saw the, the TV series either. Yeah, I think that the TV series, um, I think the TV series stopped producing, so that could be why they why they dropped it. Hmm. So if it started out that way, but I don't know. It's interesting. So it means that Joe is vulnerable um, to being overtaken. Uh, on the Spotify platform. But what did, you know, Pod News indicated there might be something fishy going on. So what, what's that you, reference? I, well, uh, yeah. It's not an exclusive show. Well, of course, you know. So it also points to, if that's the case, it also points to the bigger thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, would Joe Rogan be a bigger podcast if he wasn't exclusive? So let me read what is said in pod news. 
Joe Rogan is the number one podcast on Spotify again. The Always Sunny podcast has beaten Rogan to the top slot. Hosted on Simplecast as a fan podcast about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, a sitcom which returns for a 15th season. It's not an exclusive show, and while we're sure they're on merit, we've heard whispers that there's some chart manipulation going on elsewhere in Spotify. What does that mean? Chart manipulation. So maybe they wanted to drive some additional attention to this show as opposed to Joe. Who knows what's going on here? This may be the, the tip of an iceberg. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm not making any statements or claims on that. But no, but it's, it, a, I'm just reading what's being reported. Yeah. It so does kind of it makes make you go. go hmm. Because if, you know, he's obviously heard something from someone. Yeah. Whispers. Whispers. We like those whispers. We do too. too. You know, you can always email Todd at blueberry.com or Rob G at Libsyn.com and send us your whispers. Right. Um, yeah. As long as I don't show the email on the screen, we'll, we'll keep it private. Right. <laughs> right. We haven't got any whispers lately. I know. I feel whisperless. Whisperless. <laughs> hey by the way what happened to our uh you know you were trying to arrange a certain guest to be with us did she not be able to make it or just timing or thanksgiving or what yeah it's just timing yeah 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 every, so, everyone's got turkey on their mind right now at least here in the united states yeah this is the this is the happy thanksgiving episode of the new media show <laughs> and to be honest with you i had kind of forgot it was wednesday <laughs> until yeah. about three hours ago i was like oh man we got we got a show today after being off last week <laughs> yeah i don't think we could have taken another week off we might as well no just throw, throw, throw in the, the towel, towel on the show right <laughs> so but, but uh, and it's yeah. kind of funny too because i have not you know i've been watching the news you know from the various sources and yeah. i've just you know, there's nothing really that's like booming right now that makes you go, oh, my goodness, you know, what's going on? I did find it uh, interesting that Apple did put the refresh button back on Apple Podcast Connect. Oh, yeah, right, right. To, yep. to make sure that you've got the latest episode that's showing right. up, which it, I thought was interesting because they're not using that separation I didn't think any more between the directory and your library. Right. I thought it was the same now. And I, I did so, laugh. Chartable launched a podcast mirror competitor called uh, Smart Feeds. So it's mm -hmm. a new tool that mir mir mirrors your RSS feed. And, you know, we've had podcast mirror online for four or five years now. So it's kind of interesting. Right. They're saying to make right. it easier for those that have a hard time getting chartable stats. Mm -hmm. Well, it shouldn't be hard. Anyone can use. I don't understand why they're having people are having trouble using chartable stats. It's kind of a, it's kind of ironic, but yeah, you know, we uncoupled podcast mirror from blueberry as a, because we wanted people just to be able to use it as a service. And, you know, we get no insights and, mm -hmm. and it's actually expensive. You know, we host those feeds and you know, it's, it's not inexpensive to host the feeds that we're hosting on that. So, right. Um, because of the, the resources needed to make sure that they deliver quickly. So 
Right. Tell yeah. if you noticed that, that, that there's been kind of an explosion of uh, new podcast awards. Lately. Oh, and there's and the one, one, one every week. One in, in, in Belgium, uh, podcast awards was, I guess, some winners were announced. The so, actual People's Choice Awards, not the People's Podcast, not the People's Podcast Choice Awards, which are mine, <laughs> but the People's Choice Awards launched a podcast category. Ah, interesting. So, and then there's the Webby's that always likes to play around with podcasting too. Right? Yep, two hundred and fifty dollars for an entry. Of course, the Ambies entries are closing soon, right? Yep, in December here, early in December, so it's coming up quick. And that awards ceremony is going to be in, uh, in LA. Mm -hmm. So coming up, coming up soon. And I don't know if we want to mention, but there's, there's talk of the hall of fame coming back. Oh, oh, good. I haven't heard from Dan or anybody. So. Mm -hmm. Well, that is proposed to happen at podcast movement in LA in the spring. So. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of podcast awards that are out there. Big yep. bunch of them. Yep. And um so I I guess mean, there's a some. lot of yeah, I mean there there's a lot of activity in the podcasting space. I mean right now, I mean just the the number of quality shows launching I I, th- I think we're at a a whole different level. Um there, there's no question. Um but I think like we we were talking earlier the the overall numbers of shows I think uh, it's not been growing as fast as it did during the pandemic, during the height of the pandemic, you know. I don't know what that monthly number is now. Have you seen a number on that, Todd? I haven't seen an overall industry monthly growth of new shows. Mm, have you seen any numbers? No, I have not. So, again, it's something that Daniel normally puts out, but I think he put that behind a paywall, so I have no idea. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. So, yeah. So anything else that you can think of? Let's see here. I'm poking around here. What else is going on? Though, you you know, just a few days ago, there was an announcement put out um, by, I believe it was sourced through, um, what was it? Uh, Edison Research saying that, Joe Rogan was the number one podcast. Yeah, that's that's what their results came up with. So, right, but that, or it was over the past ninety days or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, I said the U.S. top fifty podcasts uh, quarter four um, through quarter three, twenty twenty one. So over a year. So, so I don't know what the time window was for Joe getting, you know, overtaken by that that other show. I don't know if it's in the last month or they weren't specific about it. Nope. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. But you know, I, I just, uh, just based on, you know, it's been a little bit of a slower week for us because of, you know, the holiday coming up and, you know, you're always thankful when it's a little bit slower, uh, from that perspective. But, you know, I've been thinking back to, I think people have really got their heads down right now and, you know, I think a lot of indie podcasters are really looking, you know, it up in their game. But I, I don't, again, I don't know if it, 
that means that these production service companies that we talked about earlier is going to be the big benefactors of that. Because I think mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff I keep hearing and talking to folks about is more really podcast 101 stuff. So maybe people are starting to take a breather and reassessing. It's probably good ideas. We're coming up close to the end of the year. Make sure that you're, you're ship shape when it comes to your podcast. And of course the stuff continues to evolve over at the podcast index and that group, they continue to try to push things forward. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think it's all been good on that. Well, you guys um, had a, you guys, you guys have had some, some, uh, some new announcements. You guys just had another person added to your board of directors. It came from the IAB, IAB, which I thought was curious. So, yeah, so you guys are continuing to uh, shake things up. Yeah, we're trying to, you know, it's uh, trying to add to the advertising capabilities of the of the platform. And certainly having a board member like that helps in that direction, I believe, you know, um, with the Advertise Cast platform. Right, right, so right. It definitely is good to have somebody on the board that has that kind of expertise in the advertising business. No mm -hmm. question. Yeah, I saw that the Fireside Chat folks raised another $10 million from NFL stars. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Jay Lone, TechCrunch. Oh, no, wait. Uh, former, say this. Um, yeah, it keeps talking about these big celebrities doing shows o over on that platform. So, you know, like Jay Leno and, and uh, Michael Dell, things like that. Okay. So it's interesting what's happening over there. Um, I, yeah. I, you know, the, there is no lack of people that are looking to invest in the space. I'll just, you know, that's very evident by my email that I get, yeah. you know, but, it, uh, you know, every, yeah. a lot of folks are just looking for a deal too. You know, they're looking, uh, they're looking for a deal out there. They're looking for something on the cheap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think and... those days have shipped too. Right. <laughs> well, that's, that's the casualty of, uh, of folks like Spotify saying that they're investing three and a half billion dollars in the <laughs> medium is that the, you know, the, the zeros go against the numbers in the medium, right? That's right. Uh, yeah. So I guess Spotify signed another exclusive. I don't know if you saw this Todd with the bad robot, um, audio folks, hmm. Christina Choi, I, I guess has been hired is, is to the podcast over is there. The, the bad robot. Aren't they the movie people that brought yeah. you? Oh, JJ, that's a... JJ Abrams. Right. Wow. Star Trek and, and, um, and other productions. Yeah. What was that? There? What was that production on HBO that, uh, lost? Yeah. Was it not lost? What was it? Yeah. Yeah. Lost was actually on network television, but, but yeah, yeah. He was the producer behind yeah. lost. Yeah. And I think they were also the ones behind, uh, or at least they had some. Alias. I think Game of Thrones one. too. They had some. Yeah. So yeah, they're wow, that's big. So that's another. So it sounds like they're going to be looking to make exclusives over there. Some more exclusive yeah, it's called, new shows. It's called, called Bad Robot Audio. It's mm. a new audio audio division. Uh, Christina Choi has been been around the podcasting medium for quite a while, so she's. She's going to head that up. Did they say what they're going to do? Uh, just create audio, I guess, uh, on 
stories that are, I would imagine are pitched to bad robot to produce. So, you know, it's just another studio. Um, not unlike probably like a Wondery, um, mm. was in the space. So, um, that's one, yeah. that's one group you don't hear too much about right now. They're kind of quiet. Well, they're part of a bigger entity now, you right. know, and you look at what Amazon is doing. Um, they, they're very focused on the advertising side of, of stuff right, right now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they, they embrace advertising, uh, with podcasting, but they've, they've got quite a bit of capability now to do that kind of stuff with art 19 and stuff. So, yeah. Well, um, my team is going to be at reInvent next week. That's the big AWS conference. Oh yeah. So matter of fact, I, I sent, I sent the whole dev team. So all my devs are out, be out in Vegas starting on Sunday. And, uh, they've got a divide and conquer strategy. Mm -hmm. And if anything yeah. breaks, then I told him, make sure you take your laptop with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, spring is going to be a very busy time for podcasting events. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, um, coming up after the holidays. Yeah. So I'm I not even we'll looking on the road. I'm again. not even looking past the new year yet. I guess I should, but. We yeah, got a bunch of stuff we're announcing right after the new year. So I'm kind of focused on that. Sure. Sure. But you know, you've got all sorts of events coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to do anything with CES this year? Yeah. Going to CES. So, sure. uh, okay. luckily I don't have to plan. I just show up and sit in the chair and smile and ask questions. So that's the good thing. And, uh, as an elder statesman, I guess I get to do that now and, uh, let the, the, the generation I brought up, take care of the, take care of the tactical stuff, take care of all the logistics of getting gear there and getting set up and cameras and lights. And so I just bring my happy smiling face. <laughs> yeah. I remember all those years I was down there many times, uh, when you're doing that, how, how your, your hotel room was just like full of, <laughs> full of equipment. Uh, yeah, that there's a story about a hotel room full of equipment that almost got me ejected, but it, uh, I got a few free years of staying at a, at a certain hotel. They, well, let's just put it this way. Uh, Andy McCaskey and I got rained out from doing a closeout shot on outside LVCC one night. So we went back to the hotel room and shot the scene and we moved the love seat around a little bit, got a camera in front of it and shot the closing scene there. Well, the maid saw that <laughs> and assumed we were shooting porn in the room. Oh, so, no. so the following night at three o'clock in the morning, I get a knock on the door and it's the, uh, manager and he's got like oh, five God. guys with me. He says, uh, Mr. Cochran, we, we are here. <laughs> to pack you up and escort you off the property. I'm like, for what? Wow. Wow. We don't allow this because AVN was going on at the same time. Uh, we don't allow, he says, we do not allow the shooting of adult video in the hotel. <laughs> and I'm like, you need to come over here to my laptop and look at the kind of video I've been, and I happen to have right. that sequence being edited. And I opened the lid of the laptop and hit play. And of course, here's two old guys on a chair doing a discussion. I don't know what he did. He must've made some little wave of his hand or something, but the five goons that was with him evaporated. 
<laughs> and wow. I was I was in a suite, and uh, I was pissed at that point. And I said, "Well, I said um, I will meet you in the lobby at such and such time, and we can discuss, you know, <laughs> what you're going to do for me um, because of this, uh, you know, false accusation and rude awakening at three o'clock in the morning." Yeah. So, and it had been one of those nights where I had come back to the room and took a shower and I put on one of the robes from the hotel. So I had face planted in that. So I'm sure when I answered the door, I was giving this impression that, you know, you know, a guy answering the door in a bathrobe doesn't normally, you know, that's you know, kind of weird. So uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I never got bothered in that hotel again. But I always then, from then forward, I would made, imagine they were very apologetic. Oh, you have Did they apologize? No, you have. Yeah. I got. I got a few years of free stays there and some comps. And oh yeah, there was. They they were uh, they had their tail between their legs because I was in a suite. I rented a suite because we worked out of the thing. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, um, that was that was a that was a fun fun story to tell <laughs> yeah probably wasn't so much fun at the moment that it was happening but yeah yeah you know I, and when he left i kind of i probably laughed but at the same time I, you know sleep is a premium we don't right. get when we're at ces it's from morning i mean from morning from like 6 a.m until midnight sometimes right. you know right and it's it's you 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 know you get three four hours sleep and you you know you're thankful because <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you're you're running on Red Bull that whole week. There is you know there is no no rest for the weary. Um, you know you got they had twenty five thousand dollars wrapped up in those shows, you know, and hotels and expenses and shipping and food and oh, yeah. everything, you know. Mm-hmm. So you had to make you had to make make hay while the sun shines. So yeah, we ran like crazy people doing that but yeah i'm i'm just lazily gonna fly over <laughs> check into my hotel on fremont street and yeah show up be the be the smiling supporter <laughs> so you're gonna take a uber this time instead of renting a van oh i'm not haven't had to rent a van in a couple of years because since i yeah. don't have to haul gear anymore you know, I'll, right. I'll take one. There's no use for it. Yeah, right. no use. I'll take one Pelican case on the airplane with my stuff and that's it. So, but it's, you know, lugging that gear, you know how big LECC is. Lugging that stuff is, that'll just, you know, carrying a 15 pound camera around all day is enough to just, you know, drag you down into the dirt. Well, I, I also know that you parked that van in in a parking lot that no longer exists. That's right. Too. We had strategic parking places that right. we, yeah, we we learned right. where we could park and couldn't. But yeah, that parking, those park, well, there was a couple of places, but so now it's now an ex- expansion yeah. of the convention. But, but I was yeah. able in later years, CES gave me a yeah. VIP parking pass. So I did have a, mm-hmm. a special place that I could park. Only like 300 of us got parking stall so but you know i'll just uber in yeah or ride the bus ride the show bus and you know not spend any money at all yeah 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 so but you know it's fun you know it's going to be weird going back to vegas because i haven't been there since you know the really beginning of the pandemic in 20 yeah so exactly and they've got that new building built too so that's going to be fun to see I mean, I think, well, we were close to going. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, for that, NAB. That yeah. got canceled, right? I know. Yeah. That's a good question. Is And I've been really debating on whether to go back to NAB. We've got money on deposit there. So right. next, next yeah. year will be, well, they spread it over a couple of years. But, you know, and I don't know if any, I just, I have a funny feeling that mm, trade yeah. shows are not going to be what they were. I, I worry about that too. I, I agree with you, Todd. I mean, just based on the events that I've been to so far, just in the last couple months, um, yeah, I, yeah, there's not a lot of people enthusiastic to go into conventions right now. It's, it's weird because why are you worried if you're vaxxed? You know, why are you worried about going? You know, it's, I think, it's Todd, it's just, uh, it's just lingering fear. And I think, uh, it's been a significant change of, uh, personal behavior and, Activity, right? That is, I think it's more permanent than any of us really realize. I mean, I, I think yeah. it's just a change. So it's, it's gotten me concerned if that show is going to bring, because, you know, yeah. we spent a lot of money. I count the number of bodies there. I, right. And you, you know, that's not a cheap show to go to. Food right. alone is, you know, going to be a couple thousand dollars just because you're feeding the crew. Right. It's not cheap to eat in Vegas anymore. Hotels right. and you know all that stuff is a fixed cost, airfare, da 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 da. But then time out of the office and st- you know all that other impact. And then right. is there going to be enough business generated to make that show value? You know, yeah. I, I'm done supporting shows that do not give me value as a company. Right. I'm done. Right. We, I'm done doing right. that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And. Yeah. You know, so we, we shall see. I think th- these events are going to come back slowly. I think a lot of people were feeling like um, people were going to be clamoring to get back to events again. I, I'm i not seeing an indication that that's really no. the attitude out there. I think that the shift to virtual um, has caused people to realize, well, you know, if I really want to see the content at this event, I'm just going to sign in. You know, at the and, time designated right. and listen to the – but right. I still, right. you know – for me as a vendor, there's no value in doing virtual. I'm not sponsoring any virtual events. I'm not going to do it because the return on dollar is zero. Yeah. Right. It really sure, is. Because there's no connection no, that no, really is, no. is established with attendees. It's, you know, it's difficult to establish connections with attendees. We, you know, you and I as objectives are going to a, event is different than a podcaster's objective I and mean, a podcaster's objective is to go learn and make you know and 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 see what's new and get educated our objective is to sign content creators you know and i think i think todd more and more people are, are evaluating j- just like people you know um people are deciding whether or not they want to stay in the jobs that they're in um, because maybe that employer wants them to come back in the office again and people are making different choices now. People got used to a different way of life. But I'm I also it's gonna be hard to shift back. I'm also concerned about productivity. Some people are more inclined to be very productive when they're at home and some are not. Right. So, you know, sure. I think what's gonna happen is companies will probably start looking at performance, seeing where as compared to other employee and employee performance and 
Mm-hmm. You know, some people might be surprised, you know, that they think they can, you know, scam for a couple of hours a day. You know, this is what I hear from other companies that are doing virtual. They're, and I don't think I'm having a problem with my team because we're all busy. You know, it's, I can see we're all busy, but I think right. some other companies that are bigger, right? you know, that maybe, you know, maybe they're, it's easier for people to fall into a hole and not be seen. I, I don't know. I, and what does it do for promotions and that type of stuff? Because oftentimes the promo, right. promotions that happen in the company are those shining stars that show up and really you can see the difference. Right. Yeah. So I think change is happening. Uh, there, there's no question. And people are making different value choices around their how they live their lives, where they live their lives. Um, more than ever, you know, that's why we saw so many people escape out of New York and escape out of LA to move to places like Boise or Vegas or into the Midwest. There's a lot of people moving to, you know, Nashville and And it's that migration still happening. It's still happening. I would think it's probably not happening as aggressively yeah. as it well as as, aggre- as as aggressively as people are bidding on rural homes. It's still happening. I think. Yeah. But no, you I, in, yeah. Oh, here's an update. Starlink sent me an email. Oh, okay. Yeah. Tesla. We'll start talking about Tesla next. <laughs> uh, delayed. I'm not going to get in. They're not going to launch in my area, quote unquote, until April 2022. It's supposed to happen fall of 21. Their excuse. Well, their reason is they can't get terminals created fast enough. They can only create 5,000 terminals a week. And they have 14 million people waiting for terminals. And What's a terminal? Are those that's satellite the the, the satellite catchers? receiver dish? Right. Yeah. Right, right. So they can only do five think, because of chip supply demands. So they're right. ramping up, and now they're trying to get more manufacturing facilities up. They said by spring, they'll be able to do twenty thousand a week. But here's the problem: that's still only a hundred thousand or eighty eighty thousand dishes a month. And if you got 14 million people waiting for dishes, that's a drop in the bucket, right? It's nothing. So they're going to have to pick the pace up. I think that company that's making those new satellite dishes uh, is based in Seattle, I think. Well, it's Starlink. So whoever, right. I don't know if they outsource that or not, but yeah. So, you know, they're, the chip shortage is quote unquote, what's causing that. I don't think they, I think they were a little bit behind the eight ball and ramping up, but what's dumb, what really pisses me off. And Elon Musk, if anybody's a friend of Elon Musk, please tell him someone over there needs their ass beat. Um, why are they sending dishes to people in high density areas that already have three or four service providers? No one in major cities should be getting a dish. Right. It should be, they should be trying to, they would make a bigger bang for the buck. Cause you know, I have no choice where I live. I'm paying $99 for, you know, horrible connection. And right. whereas right here, 12 miles away, I have a full, I have three providers here I can choose from. So mm-hmm. they shouldn't be selling into urban areas where there is connectivity fringe. Yes. And then external, right. but I I don't think they had a good rollout strategy because I keep hearing people getting dishes and like, oh, I'm, I'm just using this as a backup connection. And I'm like, you've got two internet service providers already. 
you know, come on. Todd, Todd, I think a lot of those satellites are being deployed so they can be used with uh, cars. Well, they can't be moved. Well, you can't. They're region locked still. That's their... That's probably the priority on the use of those satellites is to work with the Tesla vehicles. Uh, I don't know. They're, they're going to put them at their charging stations, but that's just a drop in the bucket. Right. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So start. that's, that's probably why they're, they're having them do coverage in the urban area. I just beg, borrow, steal. Somehow I'm going to get up higher on the list. Someone, someone in this show has got to know somebody and let them know Todd needs a, a, a dish. I don't care. I'll cheat my way to the front. <laughs> Start a campaign, Todd. Todd needs a dish. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Oh, you know, one thing I'll be honest with you, when you have slow internet, it sure uh, precludes you from doing much work. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It does. I mean, You're forced to not be on the computer. Right. Well, you're going to be working mainly on your phone, right? Well, my phone is even horrible. So it's not, yeah, it's not just, it's, if I had good internet on my phone, I'd be using my phone. It's not even that. The phone connections, one bar. And again, talking about, sometimes I used to switch to the 3G network because that's the only way I could get text through. So now they're getting rid of 3G come January something for both. Right. So I don't know what I'm going to do. It's going to suck. Right. <laughs> At least when you have good internet, you can Wi-Fi, connect to your Wi-Fi, and use internet calling on your phone when you don't have a bar. But, right. you know, for those of you that have good connectivity, you know, count your lucky stars. Don't ever move to the country. You get about one mile out of urban areas. Everything just falls off a cliff. There's a lot of people wanting to do that, though, right, Todd? Because the real estate prices are less. Well, not since COVID. <laughs> well, they've been definitely going up. So, yeah, but that's right. why co-op workplaces are so popular right now, too, is because people that are in rural America don't have good internet, so they have to go work at a co-op. Yeah, yeah, like a WeWork or someplace yeah, something like, like that. that. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. So, so anyway, I. I hope to, you know, all these conferences coming up, Todd, um, I, I hope to get this show, um, on stage at all those events, uh, or at least as many as I can. So we, we can get back into doing live in-person stage shows again, kind of like what we did, um, at podcast movement. So, um, I kind of want to keep keep that ball moving well, if, if you're I, planning on some you need to keep me advised because so i'll know whether or not i'm actually going to be at those events so again we're well, i think the ones that we're talking about you probably will be like podfest and and I, i've uh, heard nothing about podcast movement i've heard nothing about podfest they haven't contacted us at all about that show really nope hmm. it's 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 coming up here in the spring so, yep. And are you guys thinking at all about the the podcast show in London? Uh, I doubt we're going to go. I I asked for their numbers and they went and gave them to me. So if if you if you can't give me what you're registering, you, you asking me to commit to a twenty thousand dollar bill. 
So you better give me some numbers and some assurances on attendance guarantees. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to a conference where there's going to be a thousand people. Yeah. And I think, you know, just like we were talking about earlier, I I think there's some big question marks about how many people are actually going to attend these things, even in the spring. Well, with the restrictions they have in Europe, you know, look what happened right now in Netherlands. They're not, they're locking down again. Three weeks lockdown in the Netherlands. You know, there's different, uh, it's how, in way governments are wishy-washy and they just drop a, oh, we're scared again. And Mm -hmm. they put the country on lockdown. How can you trust? How can you, how can you plan anything as a business? You can't. Yeah. We've already got, I've already got a pile of money sitting out there for events that were canceled that are being renewed, you know, so. Right. Matter of fact, That's one true. I forgot about. I need to go reach out to them and say, "Hey, what? Where, where's my five k? If you're not gonna re, you're not gonna redo. Send me my five k back." You know. Right. So I don't want to paint da- doom and gloom, but if you had your if you had your shot, let's go. Let's get let's get moving again. And you can get a booster yeah. now, so get your booster. And speaking of. You know, permanent change. I, I think just you know your thoughts on this topic are reflected across many of the. I think you know, look at even like a company like Lipson. I, I think we're much more critical of events that perform for us as well. Um, you know, it was a big change in behavior. I think it also reset the budget too, right? Absolutely. Um, there wasn't as much spending on, on events. So that, that freed up uh, a, a bunch of cash that the financial people kind of uh, like to see mm-hmm. in the bottom line. Right. Well, I've, uh, you know, it's, again, I have, sometimes you have to go to wave the flag and say, we're still here. It's, yeah. it's a given. You no, have I'm not to saying go. that you, you're, Rob, your camera went out of focus. I don't know what's happened. The, yeah, it's, it's, I just have to have return. Yeah, you're you right. Know? It's going, yeah, yeah right. that's really odd. But, um, I, I, you know, I, if there's podcast conference hosts listening, you know, if the exhibit hall doesn't have all the major vendors, mm-hmm. then, you know, and you're not thinking about them. And you're an afterthought saying, oh, they're just going to come anyway, no matter what. Right. It's time to, i tell you what they did at ATD, not at, at SHRM. At SHRM, mm-hmm. yeah, that thing is way out of focus. Something's happened. There you go. Know. You got it. You got it. You got it. You got it. Okay. Okay. So at, at SHRM, they, it's like, it was like a professional tech conference. They fed them morning, lunch, and late afternoon. They, oh, there it went again. They fed the the attendees in there it goes in the exhibit hall, mm-hmm. and that got people to come in and kept them there, and they didn't go running off. And the sessions went until the early evening, so even though it was a small group, the traffic stayed and didn't wander off somewhere. And boy, that thing is drifting everywhere. You're gonna need to figure out how to lock I'm, that focus. Um, I'm gonna. I'm going to have to probably, probably restart, restart it. But so I think vendors are, are, um, 
the folks at these events are going to have to start figuring out a way to make sure that the vendors that are there actually get the traffic um, that they paid to see by going to the event. Um, and, you know, for me, I, I've already re-signed to go to one conference because the quality was fantastic. Had, I had 100 great leads coming out of a, a, a conference. And to me, 100 great leads, it, it, I only need to convert five and I pay for the whole show. You know, so there has to be value back in, in versus just waving the flag. So that's why I'm on the, I'm on the fence with NAB. Especially they shoved us over into some no man's land on the last one. Yeah. And I saw this at the, at a couple of events that I've, I've gone to where they were basically, um, you know, sponsors were coming in and, and sponsoring, you know, visuals, but there weren't any staff there. So I still think that there's a hesitation Boy, that camera is really not it doesn't doing want, good stuff. Normally you can lock the focus so it doesn't drift like that. What kind of a camera is that? It's actually a camcorder. It's yeah. like a 900, it's like a $900 camcorder. Yeah. It, sh it should, uh, you, you got to find the way to lock the focus on that manually. That's what I do here. All these are, are set to manual focus and turn off the autofocus and then I control, yeah. I control there. So, but anyway, yeah. we're just about the end here. So it doesn't look too blurry on <laughs> the screen back here, but like I said, it looks blurry on the one from me. Um, but yeah. you know, as Mike says, I could see going to NAB just as attendee might be worth it. Um, you know, maybe we make as many <laughs> connections as an attendee as we do exhibiting. So, yeah, I think you can walk around and talk to people in, in booths and accomplish probably as much as you would if you had a booth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I think and, it and, if, and if, if, if the people that are there, again, it depends on who shows up. If they right. send management, then it's worth going. If they send mm -hmm. secondary staff, then non-decision makers, then it's not worth going. Right. So it all depends on who attends, who, who is the makeup of the people. And I guess if the companies decide they're going to go, well, you would hope that they would send key people versus, you know, lo lower level staff. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes the lower level staff maybe doesn't have a, the strategic vision that you're looking for to have the conversation, whereas you talk to them and they blow you off. Whereas right. you, if a senior senior person, they've got an agenda, they've come to see you on purpose because they their time is valuable. And you know that's a mm -hmm. good lead. So I don't know. Time will tell. Yeah, that's true. So... So I think we'll be back with the show next week, I think, right? Yep, yep. Same yep. So time. We're, we're back in the back, saddle. Back on track now, I think. And I'm not so. going anywhere until the first first or second week of January, something like that. Yeah. I'll, and, I'll, I'll try and find another guest that we can bring on here. And Although, let me look at the calendar. So we're here on November 24th. We move right into December. So right. the really the only impact of the show potentially could be, I think we're okay. Um, 22nd is on a Wednesday. Christmas Eve is Friday. 
29th, uh, New Year's Eve is Friday. So, you know, I I might be going to Tampa and see my grandchildren and maybe making a run out East Seattle to see my two, two kids out there. But if I do, it's just going to be short two, three day runs that are not around a show day. So that might, might be good. I might hear all the way through the 5th of January. We'll see. Oh, actually 5th of okay. January, it might be in Vegas. I, I don't know. I have to look at the dates I booked the hotel. Yeah. So, okay. That sounds good. All right. Hey, I'm Todd at blueberry.com at geek news is my Twitter account. Rob. I'm on Twitter as well. Um, at Rob Greenley. Um, and would love to hear from you. You can send us an email or send me an email, uh, Rob G at lipson.com. And, uh, you can also send it to Rob dot at gmail.com too. I've, I, I've noticed it's, some people will send to that address and not my Lipson address at times. But, um, but yeah, I have a website too, robgreenlee.com. So if you wanted to follow what I'm doing and definitely, if you haven't watched the Facebook, uh, episode that Todd and I did, you might want to check that out yep. and hear about what Facebook is up to. So anyway, Todd, yep. it was great. And by the way, No Shave November's went pretty good. Uh, so far, the reaction has been positive. So uh, I, I think so too. Yeah. yeah I think so it's good. we'll see how long I keep it. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's harder to maintain than just shaving. It, was, it can be. Yeah. I mean, you have to get a certain kind of trimmer and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. All that. It's, too. it's a whole, yeah. whole different game. So it's like, and the little, one little, like, it's almost like producing a podcast, right? Uh huh. Yeah, it has has to be edited. This one does. Mine, my, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to walk into my barber on December 1st and say, hey, I'm not here for a haircut, but I'm here for a beard trim. So shape it up. Post, post-produce this, baby. That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for being here. And uh, as always, if you thought the commentary was good value for value, we'd love to have a donation or two. Rob and I definitely have a, a long list of Christmas presents we want to buy. Yes. <laughs> I don't know that it's long, but I think, yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Big ticket. Big ticket might be the right oh, one. I have no big ticket stuff for Christmas. So nope, nope, nope. Wow. I, I'm on a budget. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll see you next time here on the new media okay. show. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Oh, wrong button. <laughs>